0: Hey, welcome to the Hell has an Exit podcast. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. Hey guys, this is episode 87. This is a two-part episode. This is part one featuring my good friend, Yuda. All right, hey, welcome to Hell Has an Exit. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. On this show, we interview recovering addicts who have stories of overcoming their addiction. Today, I have a good friend of mine, Yuda. Y-U-T-A. Well, I've known you now for like, what, three years? Mm-hmm. For three years, you are employed at United Recovery Project, one of our best and most loyal and dedicated employees. I really, you know, respect your recovery. I know you do a lot of stuff outside of recovery. You know, you got sober livings. And I'm always interested in your story because it's kind of shocking to hear when, you know, you just seem like a quiet, reserved guy. Mm. But I'm sure that's a lot of us out there. Do people say that a lot to you?
1: Yeah. A lot of people, I'll get the kind of the question, uh, are you even...
0: Are you even an addict? Yeah. Asians don't struggle with substance abuse, right?
1: Well, they do, but like the culture is kind of like we don't talk about it. So when I first...
0: I guess alcohol.
1: But they'll kind of be like, oh, don't talk about it. Sleep on the couch. Like a whole culture thing.
0: You're Japanese?
1: Half Japanese, half American.
0: What do you feel more
1: I still have the culture of like taking
0: my shoes off, like being respectful. Yeah. So in Japanese culture, you don't wear your shoes inside? No, you take them off. Out of respect? Yeah. Okay. So uh, even growing up, my mom was like, take your shoes off. Mm -hmm.
1: You go to Japan, take your shoes off.
0: You've been to Japan? Yeah. You like
1: it? Yes. I want to
0: go so bad.
1: It's beautiful. The people there are different. Everyone's respectful. You speak Japanese? Uh, very broken, so I did younger, growing uh-huh. up, like you, uh, the old VHS tapes, mm-hmm. you can see me speaking it, but, like, when my parents split, I stayed mostly with my dad, Gotcha. and my dad's like, you don't need that stuff in the U.S.,
0: <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I swear to God,
1: <laughs> so, uh, he was like, you don't need to speak that stuff, uh, you just need to learn English and don't have an accent.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty brutal. Yeah, the Japanese culture is just so different from ours. Okay, so tell me where it all started. Where are you from? Your parents split up in America or they met in Japan?
1: No. So my dad was doing a residency down here and my mom came to the U.S. just for something different like when, they were, when she was younger. So mm-hmm. she was an, always an RN in Japan and she came down here, I guess, just for something different. I think she was in like her 30s or early 20s and somehow they met my dad was doing his residency in buffalo new york Mm -hmm. and my mom was there and i guess they met
0: yeah here i am here you are here i am they met in buffalo yes buffalo new york that's where i was born new york okay sunny buffalo and what was growing up
1: like so i was only there till four Mm -hmm. but i see the baby pictures where like it's it looks depressing (laughs) it's a lot of snow I remember just my mom bundling me up. And I have these baby pictures, Mm -hmm. Uh, the Christmas story where the kid, Yeah, I have pictures where my arms are sticking out. So we were staying down there, I think, till probably about six. And then when my dad finished his residency, we came down to
0: Florida. And when did they split up?
1: My parents kind of hung on there till I was about, I want to say, 10, 10, 11, And that's kind of... And
0: your mom went to Japan. They stayed down here. So my dad... Okay, so they split up, but they still lived in the same area?
1: Yeah. So my dad was like, hey, I'm going to get you this house. And then I'm going to stay over here. And, you know, the whole holidays at one house, the alternative weekends. Only child? No. I have a younger brother.
0: Wow. He's normal?
1: Yes. uh, He's normal. He's, uh, we're two completely different people.
0: Wow. Yeah, he's the magnet school.
1: Mm-hmm. Do well, just say no. Mm-hmm. You're a loser. Look at you. Uh, and he's a little brother. He's a little brother. Wow. He's a little brother. Um, and you know what was crazy? He used to kind of look up to me growing up. Mm-hmm. But then when everything started kind of getting crazy, he's mm-hmm. like, uh, that...
0: where did you go to high school?
1: I went to Dwyer High School in Palm Beach Gardens.
0: You're almost from Florida. Correct. Oh, yeah, because you do Pompano a lot.
1: <laughs>
0: you, do whole, you do the whole Pompano thing.
1: Kind of, yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, what was high school like?
1: High school was interesting. So, like— by, Were you, like, in the math club? No, man. So, like, by high school, I was a hot-ass mess. Really? Yes. So, like, younger, I did well in school, but I kind of had a problem, like, just paying attention in class. hmm um, I'd get easily distracted. Like, I went to a good school all the way from, like, elementary to middle school— When my dad passed away, it's kind of like the game changer where I had like that fork in the road. How did he pass away? So I remember I was 15 and a state trooper came to the house Mm -hmm. and he, it was probably around maybe 1130 at night. I remember uh, back then I had like this black light and I used to cut like these low rider maggots. Like anyways, Mm -hmm. I was sitting in there just chilling and a state trooper came and they were like, you know, hey, are you Mrs. Varma? She was like, yes. And he passed away in a car accident. Wow. So he had a practice. He worked at a hospital down here, but was opening another one up or opening one up in Daytona. So Mm -hmm. he used to commute.
0: I guess he fell asleep at the wheel. Wow. Yeah. it's crazy. I never knew that. So then that's when you started like acting out?
1: Yeah. So that's kind of... And your
0: dad must have been super close.
1: Yeah. So that was like my best buddy. That Mm -hmm. was like my fishing buddy, my hunting buddy. You guys, you hunted? What? Like what? We did a lot of boar hunting. Boar hunting.
0: Hanging. In Florida. Florida it, boar, yeah, that's what people do.
1: Yeah, so like Jupiter Farms, Indian yeah, Town. Yeah, okay. So we used to go out there. He used to have this buddy. We used to go on swamp buggies and airboats. Mm-hmm. So he was like my best friend. So he was the one I'd be like, oh, dad, I'm sick. Uh, I'm not really he to be like, all right, let's go fishing. So, like, I kind of learned early how to, like, manipulate. So, I'd be like, oh, if mom's going to say no, let me go ask dad. Mm -hmm. Dad says no, I bet your mom will say yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was my best friend. I remember, like, after hearing that news. So, we weren't, like, a religious family. And I remember the first time when I heard that I had always a concept of God growing up. I remember the day after I was so angry. I remember bawling my eyes out. I remember my mom screaming, cry. I vividly remember telling myself this whole concept of God. My dad had no life insurance, not Mm -hmm. really any savings. So, like, when he passed away, like, my mom had nothing. And she was a stay-at-home mom. Wow. So, it was rough, man. So, we went from, like, kind of always being okay, dad there, to the lights turning off, sometimes not having food. It got rough. Mm
0: -hmm. Did your mom start working?
1: She did. So, she was started going back to school mm-hmm. and what's crazy is my mom has this heavy accent mm-hmm. she's been here for like 38 yeah. years
0: so do my parents <laughs>
1: and i'm like mom how do you still have this accent i've just you know it's my
0: mom so i don't really hear it i had someone who was like hispanic uh, on the show and he was saying that when you learn a language after 10 it's it's done oh like you can't get away from it hers is bad man wow She's bad, but not. she's my angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was rough. So,
1: like, high school, I just started lashing out. Mm-hmm. And I started hanging out with, like, all the bad kids. I remember, like, there was this group of kids that would hang out at the bus stop. So that was the first time, like, I went to yeah. public school. Those kids are probably all in oh. the program.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or dead. <laughs> yeah, what, dead. what? Uh. So you went to private school, then public school? Yes. Yeah, so I remember I did one year of private school in fourth grade. And I remember when I went to fourth grade... It was as if the guy from the Green Mile getting off the plane, everyone was like, oh, it's a public school kid. Like, dude, public school and private school was like, oh, he went to public school. After you go to private school, it kind of is a big difference. You see, because I guess family who think to spend so much money on school are just like a different type of family than the people who go to public school. I mean, they're both fucked up in different ways. Yes. In private school, they have cocaine. And in a <laughs> uh, public school, they have like Xanax and weed and <laughs> The whole Dutch master. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dutch masters. It's interesting to think how much your life can change as a kid from going to – a private school, then going to public school.
1: And it was a eye shocker. Like, uh, I remember we had uniforms.
0: In public school? No, in, in private, private school. Yeah, in private school, you had uniforms, and yeah. then you could wear whatever you want.
1: Yeah, and, like, you wear whatever you want, and, like, no one ever cussed at a teacher. And, like, my first day <laughs> in public school, they're, like, fighting you, in the classroom, bitch. walking out, cussing the lady, like, go fuck. And I'm
0: like, yo, this is crazy. But yeah. I liked it. You are like, this is cool? I'm like, this is where I'm supposed to be. So you started hanging out with the kids. At the bus stop, what did you guys start doing? So they were all
1: older. I remember in the beginning, they were all, like, smoking cigarettes, and they were probably all 20. Mm -hmm. So I, like, didn't put two and two together, but I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, why are you hanging out at the 15-year-old bus stop smoking cigarettes at 7 in the
0: morning? Mm -hmm. So they weren't going on the bus?
1: No. They were just... just Pull up. They'd have their candy painted. Uh, you know what I mean? They'd mm-hmm. be playing their 212s. What was it? Back 3-6 Mafia Mo- yeah. or Project Pat.
0: Yeah. 7 in the morning. There you go. Yeah. Hypnotized Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just hanging three, six out. 3-6 Mafia is the best. They're so, like, underrated right now, like... Well, Juicy J started making music again. When that happened, I was like, who would have thought Juicy J would have a comeback? It's, like, so amazing. Shout out to Juicy J. Shout out to Juicy J. Yeah, he is on a new song with Poya, and I was just like, dude, he's been making good records for, like, he made better records now than he did back then. Back then they were good, but it's like he just died off for 10 years, and now he's back. It's awesome. And I remember that MTV show. Remember he did that? Yeah, where he would go on dates with girls. You remember that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he would be, like, super thugged out, and there'd be, like, some, like, little, like, white girl from the hills. Yeah. And they'd bring out, like, sparkling water. Like, what the hell is this shit? Yeah. When yeah, you called the girl Sugarfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Sugarfoot. I think I remember that. <laughs> I was like, I love this guy. <laughs> okay, so they'd be probably trying to pick up girls. Yeah, but I mean— just, like, nothing else to do at 7 in the morning?
1: You know, they would all smoke weed in the morning. The whole wake and bake. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, growing up, like, I never really had an interest for any of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember—what was that? Uh, dare. I remember that growing up, and I just remembered, like, I never had any interest. It never intrigued me, but I remember I used to just see these kids doing it. So, like, my whole outlook started changing, and also, I was, like, angry. Yeah. I was angry at, like, 15 15 on, I was an angry, angry kid. Mm -hmm. I kind of started hanging out with these guys because they were older. Mm -hmm. And now looking back at it, it was kind of just like someone to guide me. Mm -hmm. Because I remember at 15, I was like, oh, my dad's going to help me with my learner's permit. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to get a car at 16.
0: So I was pretty upset. So when did it start to excel from just like smoking weed? So I'm kind of a
1: late bloomer. I think it started like 17, 16. Mm -hmm. 16, started going to the high school parties, started drinking, started messing around with prescription pills, you know, the smoking weed kind of when it was fun. I remember smoking and, you know, I'd always had the Visine bottle and Mm -hmm. I would like spray cologne thinking no one else could smell it, but I probably just smelled like weed and cologne (laughs) walking
0: around. And it's on your fingers. (laughs) Like (laughs) when you're smoking blunts back in the day, dude... Your finger my fingertips were burnt in like fifth grade. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Like I had I had burnt fingertips in fifth grade and I thought it was cool. It was like a bad I used to like purposely let the like blunt hit my fingertips to like callus them to be like, oh look how much I smoke. I have calluses on my fifth grade. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. So, I mean, I just started and, you know, it was
1: fun. I remember like hanging out. I remember kind of like feeling like I fit in. But Mm -hmm. what was weird is um, even in the beginning, man, uh, I was just honestly doing it just to numb, I think, everything. And even at the parties or in school, man, I never felt kind of like a part of. Mm -hmm. so what was weird is i could always fit in with any crowd that i was with so i was always cool with like the jocks the skaters the emo kids i could get along with any crowd but i never felt like i fit in kind of anywhere Mm -hmm. until i started hanging out with like the older rougher crowd that were like doing stuff that was super illegal but like i don't know i kind of looked up to them Mm -hmm. got my first job at 16. I just started working to kind of help my mom. Yeah. I started work at a young age. You know, my disease started progressing and I was, uh, these kids I hung out with were doing crazy stuff. I remember like two of them, like two of them now are doing like 25 years in prison. One is like doing, I don't even know if he's ever getting out, but like they were a pretty wild bunch. So I don't know why I was, like, attracted to that, Mm -hmm. and I just kind of started doing what they were
0: doing. What were they doing that was so bad?
1: Bro, they were, like, selling drugs. Mm -hmm. They'd ride around with guns, and I'd be, like— I, like, knew it was wrong, Mm -hmm. and I'd kind of ask myself sometimes, like, what the hell am I doing in this car? (laughs) You know, my biggest thing was, like, I kind of— got attracted to like the glitz and glamour and like the initial lie, i believe was like oh i'm gonna like kind of do what they're doing so i can like help my mom and my brother mm-hmm. i kind of just started following what they were doing so i like started selling weed at parties mm-hmm. i get the ounce and i start breaking it down you know 3.3s not 3.5s mm-hmm. you know it just escalated from that it was no good once i started that mm-hmm. at
0: all when did you start using like uh, when did other drugs become a problem
1: I would say probably about 19 is when I it kind of started escalating. So that's when I caught my first DUI. I graduated high school. Don't know how I even did that because I never really attended. Mm-hmm. Like there was this wall on the second story. Like we would all just hop. And I don't even know why you did that when you could just walk out the front gate. Yeah, I caught my first DUI at 19 years old. I was, I think, in my first year of community college. I remember I was drinking and all barred out. I remember in the holding cell thinking to myself, uh, like, you know, damn, I shouldn't have been drinking or taking Xanax. Like, my first thought was, damn, I shouldn't have got on 95. Mm -hmm. I should have taken the side roads. So, like, that should have been a huge red flag for me. But I was like, once again, I don't have a problem. I'm good. Wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. So fast forward a little bit. Twenty-one. I catch my second DUI.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's crazy being like you know. We both work in treatment, but if you're getting DUIs in your twenties, mm-hmm. like it's pretty bad. <laughs> it was so bad, and uh, I because re- that's kind of like an older person charge. You know, I guess like I guess young kids who are drinking, like it does happen. But if you're getting multiple DUIs in your twenties, it's it's pretty bad.
1: So once again, I didn't think I had a problem. Yeah, and this time I was like, "Oh, it's not really the alcohol." I was like, "Maybe I need to cut back on the Xanax stuff, dude. Xanax is so bad." Like dude, you don't you steal a lot.
0: Sometimes I I, I would just steal. Yeah, that's, like, the one thing I would always steal and, like, punch inanimate objects. <laughs> Correct. So I would either steal, I'd eat really crazy food and wake up in the morning, Yeah. yeah. and
1: I'd be like, what the hell is this? Or I'd be, like, trying to f- i get aggressive and, like, yeah, yeah. try and fight. I can't stand, mm-hmm. like, all my teeth. And, dude, people would just literally lay into me, like, mm-hmm. look at this strung-out Asian dude. Like, we're teeing off on mm-hmm. him, and I'd get whooped.
0: Yeah. So what happened after your second DUI? Second
1: DUI, you know, uh, I still maintained my job at UPS. So I got my job at UPS at I started at 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. And I actually stayed there for about six years. I loved it. So I got promoted when I was young. I was like the youngest person in the district to get promoted. Did you ever
0: like go in the packages, allegedly? (laughs) (laughs) Because I remember when I was using, there was this kid who worked at uh, FedEx. And I just thought it was, like, the sickest job because he would just tell me nonstop about, like, the packages he would go into. And, you know, when you're using it's, like, Forklift, Outback Steakhouse, or FedEx. It's, like, <laughs> on drugs, those are, like, dream jobs. I remember my boy got the Forklift job. I was, like, dude, he's he made it. Yeah, <laughs> he's arrived. He was on methadone. He had a script of fucking oxys. I was, like, and he had a Forklift job. I'm over here begging him for, like, one pill. <laughs> yeah. I was, like,
1: I got the job and I got promoted. Mm-hmm. I loved it. So I had 401k. I went into the management. So, you know, we were on this the reload shift. We did like 40,000 packages in three hours. I loved it. And that's also kind of where like my disease also turned. So we have these things called bay doors at the end of the night. And I'll never forget, I was sitting there trying to wrap everything up and they had like this chain that was like super rusted. They had classes on safety, like how to properly do mm-hmm. them. And I was like, I'm trying to go home. So I remember grabbing it, trying to close it. It got stuck. So for some reason, I thought it was a great idea to turn around outside the bay door and pull on it. Uh-huh. So when I pulled, the chain popped, and I fell probably about, I don't know, maybe six to eight feet on my back of my neck. Wow. And I folded up like a slinky, and I just laid there.
0: Wow. I never knew this. This is crazy.
1: So, like, no one came to help me, which was weird because the guard gate's up front, and he, like, I don't know. It took a while, but I eventually got up. I remember I came in the next day, and I was like, dude, my back is bad. Mm-hmm. So my boss at the time was like, dude, you need to go see a doctor. And I was like, yeah, you're right. This was back in the 2000s. Back here in the 2000s in South I already Florida,
0: see the recipe cooking. Correct. <laughs> the, the pot's getting hot right now. <laughs> a normal person would be like, oh, this is so sad. Like a drug addict? is like, yes. Yeah. So I was like... <laughs> a, a nice back injury. Yeah. In so, and, and the early
1: 2000s, what a treat. So I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. I didn't like... I of mean, course. yeah, you'd get the Xanax or the X or the Molly or whatever. What I
0: would do to have a back injury
1: in the 2000s. Dude, you could buy a fake MRI back then. Everyone had a back yeah. injury.
0: But if you had a legit one, it was like even better.
1: Yeah. So I went to this doctor mm-hmm. and he was like legit because I had insurance back then through the company, okay. This guy was like, Oh man, and I didn't know really hardcore like drug addicts.
0: Like, it was like, Oh, I party, you are like a party here,
1: yeah. Uh, take ecstasy, go to
0: ultra. Uh, <laughs> don't How times did you go to ultra? I don't know. Uh, I just always like growing up, like, I had a couple friends that went to ultra, but I just never was, uh. Whatever, bro. You like ultra. That's cool.
1: Well, dude, you like everything. Did you go XS2 this year? No, I haven't been there sober. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: over there on fucking fake mollies yeah. <laughs> trying to fit in. With my glow sticks and pics yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got this injury, and I'll never forget. So I was in this bay door, uh, another bay door where the package cars mm-hmm. come in. I remember taking my first medication out of the bottle mm-hmm. and I remember literally
0: eating it. You didn't even know what they were? I knew they were pain pills. But you didn't know the, even the name of them at the time. You were just like pain pills.
1: Yeah, I was like pain, my back hurts. Wow. Come to find out, they're lower tab, uh, okay. 10 over 500. Okay. Um, I remember that very vividly now.
0: Uh-huh. So
1: uh, I remember taking one and sitting there and we had these, it's called an e-reg cart. It's like this little Mm -hmm. three wheel thing. I remember taking this and like everything in the building lit up. It was crazy. Like I remember like the package cars were browner. I could see Mm. the outside. The sky was brighter. I was like, man, I can think so much better. Mm -hmm. I can get so much done. Like, I'm going to clean all this stuff. Like, oh, man, this is the cure to life. And I even remember after taking it and feeling like that, like I walked around and I'd be like, hey, man, do you want any of these? Mm -hmm. Like, you have to try this. Like, game changer.
0: Yeah, like you had just discovered, like, kombucha or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like Like,
1: (laughs) The the cure for life is what I thought I found. And I remember asking people and they'd be like, Mm -hmm. get the fuck away. Like, no. They'd be like, get the fuck out of here. I'd be like, but it's legal. Look, it says CVS. Like, It's not drugs. Like This guy gives it to me. And I'm like, I'll share them. Mm -hmm. Uh, No one took them, but that's kind of like when the wheels really started cranking. I remember starting to take them, and I was like, man, I work so good. And I remember that day I told myself, man, if I feel like this now, I'm going to do this forever. And that's kind of what I did from that <laughs> point on. I remember at about four months, I started running out. I remember the first time I withdrew, I was telling one of my buddies about it. This is like when blues and uh, soma mm-hmm. and a lot, like all that crazy stuff was out there back then. And I was like, we were supposed to hang out. He was like, dude, you're dope sick, and I was like offended. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I'm not a junkie. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And I remember he came over and he had this little pill. So it was like a quarter of the size of usually what I've been taking. The lower tabs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it said 30 on it. And he was like, take a quarter, man. These are strong. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, well, you know. Uh, They're uh, so uh,
0: small. Right. Yeah.
1: First thing I did, f- ate the whole Mm -hmm. thing and he's like dude you're gonna get sick but i remember the first time i took it i stopped getting sick Mm -hmm. and he was like dude this is just to show you like you're in a world of hurt Mm -hmm. so most people would be like oh man maybe i need to get help my thing was i need to get a different doctor Mm -hmm. and find out where these are you know i kind of kept my job but then i started mixing other drugs at it they frown upon uh nodding off at work Mm. They had me come to a meeting, which was so creepy now that I think about it. We met at a at a turnpike rest stop. Mm. So like the district manager and I don't even know, maybe regional manager. Mm-hmm. And they are like, You do you need help? And I was like, What? Wow. They're like, You're a great staff member, but we think you have a problem. And I was like, What are you talking about? I'm like, I get these from a doctor. Mm-hmm. They are like, well, we're going to kind of give you a solution. So you're either going to go get help, we'll help you get help, or you're going to resign. And I was literally offended. I remember getting from the table and I was like, I don't need help. Thank you for everything. Mm. That was my last day there.
0: Wow. After six years. And then your life just kept getting better? No, it got <laughs> extremely <laughs> worse.
1: <laughs> extremely worse. I ended up
0: finding one of the
1: doctors and it's so crazy. I remember uh so that was the first time I ever heard of sponsoring. Mm-hmm. So I've never heard of sponsoring until back then in the 2000s. Yeah, I remember this guy was like, "Do you want me to sponsor you?" I was like, well, "What does that even mean?" It was just bad, man. I I remember I got a doctor. I actually drove down to Delray. You know, I started getting the prescription, and I went from, you know, whatever they were giving me from the one doctor to, you know, eight times a day of this blue thing. And then mm-hmm. my one buddy was like, "Tell him you have anxiety," you know, 90s Annex 15 breakthroughs. It was crazy. Yeah, I got really bad really quick on it. You know, I was doing a lot of stuff on the side that I probably shouldn't have been doing. You know, I got in a a lot of trouble in my 20s. So most of my 20s, the only time I ever drew a sober breath really was honestly incarcerated. What was crazy is every And your drug
0: of choice was mainly Oxycontin at this point or blues? Yeah, it was definitely the pill
1: thing. So I believed this lie for a long time that, like, I needed these medications Mm -hmm. because I hurt my back. My MRI says I hurt my back. And this doctor that's gone to school for six, whatever, 25 years— Yeah, It's
0: crazy how you can abuse a drug for so long and really think you need it. And when you don't have it, you feel crazy, and then you feel so defensive when someone thinks – like, I thought I needed them, and I was never prescribed them, you know? Like, <laughs> a part of me was like, dude, I just, like, need to take these for the rest of my life because you meet people that they're thinking the same thing. Like, you're, like we're not getting clean. Like, and I remember I had – like, I had friends who were, like, veteran drug addicts, like older, like older people, and then I had, like, kids that were, like, a, you know, a couple years older than me that were using – and it's like every month they were trying to get off blues. And I'm like, dude, we're not getting off these. Like, like just stop with the bullshit, bro. Like, every week we do the same shit. Oh, I'm going to wean off. Like, no, bro, we're like, we're on this for life. Like, let's go cop. They'd be like, no, bro, I'm getting off this stuff. I think that was like the one thing about me being an addict is that like I'm really gun-ho about things. So when I started doing blues, I quickly realized like I'm going to be on this shit forever. I tried to quit like four times and I was like, well, that's not happening. And then I was like fuck it, I'm just going to be on methadone and get a script and it doesn't seem too bad cuz you meet people right you meet people like <laughs> yeah. on methadone who have a couple scripts and smoke sell their fucking other shit for crack. Yeah, You're like it's pretty straight. It's all normal. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're like it's not bad. You know, you get crack every once in a while and fucking keep your dope habit controlled. The cool thing is that you know when I got clean I I was super gun-ho about staying clean, you know. How long what did you do in prison? Was it prison or jail?
1: In the beginning, it was just county jail. Mm-hmm. And then I really got in trouble mm-hmm. 25, hanging out with the people I shouldn't have been. You know, before then, it was just county jail after county jail. Is that saying, uh, you know, I've heard it, maybe it's just People that go to county jail, they're like, "Oh, once you go, it's a revolving door, mm-hmm. bro." and Every time, uh, and what's crazy is I was always doing like the wrong thing, like driving on suspended, bro. Ever since I've been sober, I've never got pulled over once. Oh no, <laughs> that's a lie. I got pulled over once,
0: but and, rarely.
1: Yeah, but when I was out there using,
0: pulled and, over all the time. Yeah, and
1: my little dope
0: mobile with like you know the crack. I windshield. couldn't keep a car for more than three months.
1: Oh, in the beginning, I lost it Or at the end, I lost yeah. everything. But yeah, I got it. All. But
0: it, when you get arrested all the time, you start thinking that it's just bad luck. There was a time where I really thought, like, dude, it's just, like, bad luck. Because I see other people doing the same thing, and they're not getting arrested. Like, I remember thinking, like, I am just have, like, this horrible streak of luck, and, like, next year it'll be better, and then next year i have some other bullshit charge. Yeah, back you go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. I feel like when you're living that lifestyle, you just attract... That shit, you know what I mean? And, like, I think cops are pretty, like, aware of, like, <laughs> like, they looked at me and were like, all right, bro, put your hands behind your back, you know <laughs> we're, what
1: we're I mean? We're searching you, come here. <laughs>
0: yeah, bro, it's like, just, like, fucking the drug dealers, like, know where we're at. Like, I don't know, there's, like, I like I believe in energy, and I just feel mm-hmm. like, um, you know, when you're doing, like, fucked up shit, like, it just attracts that. For sure. So at 26, you go to prison?
1: Yeah, so uh, I catch a pretty serious charge, Um, you know, hanging out with the older kids. And I remember they always told me. They'd be like, you know, Chino.
0: Uh, they'd be like, hey. call Chino. Yeah. <laughs> Spanish people.
1: <laughs> it's a long story. <laughs> so they'd be like, hey, man.
0: You got the fucking bloods. <laughs> stop.
1: So they'd be like, hey, you need to stop what you're doing before you really get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, dude, I've been counting. Like, uh, I. It's fine. County jail is
0: not the end of the world. Yeah. Right. It's
1: just a couple, six months, eight months. And what's so crazy is I stop smoking every time I'm in there. You know, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to change my life around. Oh, I'm going to get healthy. Would you be a Bible thumper in there? I would be a closet Bible thumper. So, okay. what's so weird is like I renounced God when I was like 15, but every time I got jammed up in those foxhole prayers, you'd be praying. I'm praying. I'm like, reading I'm-.
0: the Bible? Correct. Reading Solemns, Proverbs. You read, like, you read the Bible cover to cover in there? No, 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 no. Okay. I just stuck to the faith. Va- All this stuff <laughs> would confuse <laughs> me, man. I'm like, what are they
1: talking about? And there's nothing. I just thought, uh, I, yeah. I don't know it
0: well enough. I would
1: always pray before I went to court to a God that I didn't believe in. Mm-hmm. But like now looking back, like something was obviously watching over me. I mean, I got in a lot of trouble. So mm-hmm. I, I got a really bad charge. Yeah, I got jammed up. I sat for about 14, 15 months in county jail. I remember my attorney was— You sat uh, in the
0: county jail for 14, 15 months? Trying to battle this. Can you explain to people why? Because I know that that's just crazy, but can you explain to people why that's crazy? What? Sitting and going to— Being in county jail for 14, 15 months.
1: What do you mean? People stay in there longer than that trying to get out of charge. What? Really?
0: (laughs) Yeah. But it's like— But what I mean is like most people rather be in prison for two years— then do county jail for like 18 months.
1: Right. But when you're there, so I've never been to prison before this. Okay. So I'm like, oh, this isn't that bad. And you hear the horror stories in prison.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: So I'm like, I dude, thought, I'm I not going most, there.
0: But most people don't want to be in county jail. They want to go to prison.
1: Correct. Those are, like, your uh, repeat institutionalized <laughs> offenders. Well, there's
0: a lot more to do in prison. Yeah, but, dude, you don't want to go there
1: when a guy's doing a life sentence, and you're like, hey, man, I'm doing 14 months, bro, I'm ready to go home. Like, he's not trying to hear that.
0: So, like, I'm terrified. And like, Well, what, what, what I'm trying to say is a lot of times when people are fighting their charge in the county jail, they want to get it over with so they could just get sentenced. They don't want to sit in the county jail for 14 months. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't care. Uh,
1: I was just nervous because they were talking like some crazy numbers. And like, I like 82
0: months. Dude,
1: it was just, and they say it in months. I remember yeah, like one 179 time 179 months. Right. So I, I was remember sitting one time and I heard this guy like before me and he mm-hmm. took a plea deal. And the, the judge was like, oh, 144 months. I'm like, oh, that's not that bad. I'm like, wait, 144 months. I'm like, bro, that's like 12 years this guy mm-hmm. just took. So I had this private lawyer because before then, like, I didn't really cross like where's your mom and all of this
0: oh man biggest enabler really yeah. oh my i thought it was gonna be the opposite i thought you were gonna say dude she just cut me to the my brother cut you off rap i'd get the free phone
1: call in the holding cell <laughs> you'd be like hang up he's like you're right where you fucking need to be oh wow. and i'd be like let me talk click stop wow. calling the house click but my mom would always support me
0: Uh Uh-huh. Like, give you money to start or whatever. Yeah. So, she
1: would always be like, in the beginning, she'd be like, oh, we're going to get through this. You made a mistake. But I think, like, after, like, the fifth, sixth time... She's like, you have a problem. Like, mm-hmm. you really need to change the life. Like, how how you're living. Like, this isn't normal. Mm-hmm. So, like, no one in my family's ever been in trouble.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My mom got like a speeding ticket. I remember one time, and she cried for like two days. <laughs> 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 she cried, and I was like, "What are you crying about?" And then she was just like, "This is so bad. I broke the law." Wow. And, you know, if she doesn't cuss. I mean,
0: I'd get my mom to cuss. Wow. Yeah. she would curse at you.
1: Oh yeah, and you know when she's really mad, She's Japanese. Japanese.
0: Yeah, and what's the you, curse for the Japanese?
1: Ah, uh, baka da yo. Oh wow, and that then you hear, crazy. yeah, it's it's bad, bro. You hear that? <laughs> you're like, oh shit. <laughs> so the, yeah, she would always support me. She'd put money on my books. She'd make sure I'd be able to call her. But I remember toward the end, she would kind of stop answering the phone slowly. But anyways, uh, I was looking at some pretty bad time and uh, I remember my attorney, he was a private lawyer before like I crossed over full over to Mm -hmm. like full-blown addiction. He was like, you're literally paying me to reduce your time. And I remember I was like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, I'm paying you a lot of money like I'm supposed to go home. Mm -hmm. He was like, you're paying me to do less time in prison.
0: And I was like, oh shit, this is happening. Yeah, because, I, like, I have a lot of friends who have gotten charge over charge over charge. And as kids, when we were younger watching it, you'd be like, oh, well, next charge, they're going to prison. And they wouldn't. And then next charge, oh, dude, there's no way they're, they're going to prison this time. And they wouldn't. And then you'd be like, well, I guess some people just don't go to prison, you know, particularly white people. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like, you know, growing up, you'd be like, dude, they're definitely, you know, going away to prison it would seem like it just wasn't gonna happen and then it started happening like you said like people I grew up with doing five six seven eight years in prison you what it usually would come out to just petty shit cuz you'd be like what happened he got seven years you rob a bank not nah, violated probation you know like, oh, again again <laughs> again you know it'd be like you know you violated probation 18 times in the past fucking 13 months You're you're done you know so what did you get sentenced so they gave me time served in
1: county mm-hmm. and then they sent me up for 14 months in prison so they so wanted total, to, it was
0: almost two years two years
1: yeah uh, yeah close to 30 months Wow so they wanted to give me that letter because I've a letter meaning like your your prison uh, they want to give me DC number. Mm-hmm. I remember finally toward the end, we uh, I'll never forget, like the state attorney's like, oh, if you take this to trial, uh, I'm <laughs> going to make sh-. She literally came up to our table. Wow. And John, uh, my lawyer, was like, you know, I go to dinner with this lady and lunch, like she's not playing. And he's like, and he like put his hand over the mic. He's like, you go to trial, you're going seven years. And I'm like, not doing
0: that. Took the plea.
1: So I took the plea. And then I remember the judge sentencing me. And I was like, all right, well, let's do this. I remember getting shipped off, I think, two or three days later in, like, they call it the Mm Bluebird. So I'm petrified, man. I'm like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. But, like, you really don't have a choice. Uh, Like, you're getting on that damn bus. I remember they take me to South Florida Reception Center. And I'm like, this place is a zoo. (laughs) Like, crazy. There were so many people it was just wild, man. It was in um, almost like Key West area. I remember you just. Really? It was the South Florida Reception Center. I remember like the first thing when you got off the bus, the CEOs are like screaming at everybody, like screaming, like F you, like getting people's faces and spitting. I'm like, this is cr-. like, man, I'm not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Like, how'd I get myself into this? I remember like the CEO slapping one of these kids for looking at them crazy. And they were like, welcome to Miami. This is our world. First thing they do when you get off, you know, they straight strip search you.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm
1: like, this is so wrong. Like this, we got to have rights. Dude, you're in prison.
0: <laughs> you have no rights. You're thinking like, how do I sign a grievance? <laughs> yeah. Where's my grievance
1: box? I remember in county, this freaking lieutenant would be like, oh, you want your grievance? He'd be like, it's right there. And he'd point to the garbage can.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'm
1: like, dude, these guys are gonna get. And they had like these black gloves. So when mm-hmm. it was like go time, they'd put these gloves on.
0: And you're just like, what the fuck? And I'm
1: like, dude, someone's about to get whooped. But I remember like when I finally got there uh, doing like the intake, or I don't know. Yeah, I guess you would call it an intake. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to this lady and I was like, hey, I was like, you know, trying to be all polite because I do really well like in an institution. So like when it's county jail, whether it's prison, yes, sir, no, Mm ma'am, make my bed to a T. I'll have the little cuff in there, little six inch cuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, My slides are under there. I've got my Bible because I got to look like I'm doing something. I remember telling this lady real proper, and then I was like, ma'am, you know, uh, my family stays in uh, the Palm Beach Gardens area. Can you make sure, like, uh, do you know where I'm going? She's like, oh, you're in, you wanna stay local? I was like, yes, ma'am, I wanna stay local. So, like, my mom and my brother can visit me. She goes, all right, no problem, honey, we can do that. So maybe about, oh, not even a week later, Mm -hmm. there's no uh, air conditioning at the South Florida Reception Center.
0: (laughs) That was crazy. Yeah, I've had people on the show that just talk about how insane it is with just no AC. Just chaos, like people fighting. And is this... Like, like lay it out. What does it look like? Is it bunks in a giant room or are they pod? Is so, it a pod? It's
1: like a pod. So I remember the one where I was in. It was like the second one on your right.
0: It's a pod with no
1: AC. No AC. They have like these screen fence things, like these little
0: slits mm-hmm. where
1: like the air would come in. And like they but it's had, a breeze. Bro, it's South
0: Florida. But, but, but that's what I'm saying. It's not air from the air conditioning. No, there's no air it's conditioning. It's from
1: outside. Yeah, it's from outside. And, like, there was one shower, like, upstairs in the corner. And one shower? That's what I – bro, I didn't come out of my cell too yeah. much in the – this is my first time. I'm not a veteran in prison. <laughs> County jail, I'm all right. But yeah. I'm like – it was just wild, man. Mm-hmm. And, like, people running around, everyone doing these top cigarettes, smoking. Mm-hmm. You know these kids fighting. It was just wild. Finally, the lady was like, uh, "You want to stay local?" So then we get shipped out, and I start asking people. I hear about this prison. I remember in county jail, they would talk about this place called FSP, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, "Oh God, please don't let me go there." Like, I'm what
0: getting, were they saying about it? That probably, uh, like, like
1: people die over there.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were just like people
0: die i just laugh because it's absurd but it's i know like no, it's, it's real it's crazy
1: there was this guy i remember like i used to see him every time i went to jail and like every time i saw him he'd be like missing like one more tooth and like he had been to prison like seven times and he mm-hmm. would tell me he'd be like yo don't go to prison, don't go to fsp bro he's like i was there for 12 years he's like they're gonna kill you <laughs> and I'd <I'm> like, dude, <laughs> dude, I was like, uh, I was, so you would hear all these things because I don't know. And you just start asking people and been through county jail so many times, you'd hear all their war stories like, mm-hmm. uh, to this camp or this camp or this camp suite or butler, they knock your teeth out if you got gold teeth and they keep them in a jar and they rattle it down the cells. I'd be like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> That's
0: some fucking Shawshank Redemption, dude. Shit. I'm telling you. And he uh, said they knock out your teeth. If you got gold teeth, and then, rattle it in a jar. <laughs> you rattle it and walk. This is what they said. I, uh, I pro- believe no pro- one in been to prison. It's probably true. Is yeah, I crazy. believe it. Yeah.
1: I get on the bus. I thought they were keeping me local. She did not. She literally lied to me and shoved me up in the it's pan. It's probably handle. a joke.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: She's probably like, sucker.
0: She's like, yeah, you want to stay local? Sure. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Oh, you want a water bed? <laughs> Dude, she, Let me know what you want for dinner I'll fucking have it ready for you <laughs> She
1: duped my ass So I get on the bus And like it's not stopping So, <laughs> so I'm like dude Where the fuck are they taking me So we go up Mm -hmm. and I can't remember. So at one of the times we stop at a place, it's called Columbia. It's this other, but it was kind of sweet because it was AC. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, maybe this is where I'm staying. But dude, they were like some crazy hard and like big, like, I don't know. But it it was AC? It was AC. But like the vibe, I'm a very vibey person. And like, I just felt like, I don't know, like these dudes are for real. And Mm -hmm. like, they're probably gonna kill me in my sleep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I was there for a couple days, and like you couldn't really get an answer out of anybody.
0: Yeah, you're like, yo, am I staying here or is this just like a transition?
1: Right. And it's well, got- they
0: ship you around.
1: Yeah. So, like, Which I stayed. never there. made
0: sense to me, but I don't know. I guess they have to move people around and yeah. discharge them just to, make, to make,
1: make more room for beds. So, <laughs> it's weird, right? So, I, I stay there for a couple days, and I remember I do another stop. And I think that's where I saw the gate. It was like really early in the morning. The fog was up and I see FSP. And I'm like, oh, this is where I come to die.
0: <laughs> so you guys shipped there.
1: I No. Oh, I you were didn't. there. But they have a whole bus full of people of like where
0: they're dropping them wow, off. Wow. Wow.
1: So I see FSP and I'm like, this is it. This is how I die right mm-hmm. here. I remember they're calling off the names. And I remember the bus driver. Did you the ever big,
0: fight at that point?
1: Not in prison. In county jail, yes. Prison kind of one. Uh, no, not in prison. Not really. County, jail, Mm -hmm. uh, prison. I was trying to go home, man. I was trying to go home because I remember my lawyer's like, look, if you get in trouble, you lose. uh, Mm -hmm. It's called game time. I was like, dude, I'm trying to go home. Okay,
0: wait. So tell me what happened after.
1: So, yeah. Oh, the bus drivers, dude. I remember that was crazy. They were like, hey, man, I don't care what you guys do on this bus. You can, uh, you can screw each other. You can fight. Just don't fuck with me when I'm driving. And I was like, this is crazy. So they're <laughs> calling people. It's like a roll call. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, such and such, it may DC, 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 get off. And, like, my heart is beating because I'm like, this is where people die. Mm-hmm. And I remember he told me they have, like, the gas chamber there. And I was like, I heard all these stories. The
0: gas chamber?
1: Or uh, the lethal injection. Lethal that, injection? Yeah, okay. yeah. I was like, what?
0: <laughs> the gas chamber. It, it was all terrifying. Do the lethal injection there. Wow.
1: Yeah, like, it's a serious prison. <laughs> they didn't call my name. So I ended up at this place called uh, Madison. Sounds Madison. Madison. And you know what's crazy? If you look on the back of a Zephyr Hills bottle, you see Madison County on there. Wow. I didn't even know this place existed. Yeah. I finally get there, you know, I'm checking in. Uh, the main compound's crazy. That's where like-
0: When you say checking in, I'm thinking like the Marriott.
1: No, you're checking into prison, bro. Like you're getting butt naked, coughing and squatted. And like, they're searching all your stuff. It's just like, you literally have no, like, I, I mean, to me, animalistic yeah like you're literally like an animal but in my head I couldn't be angry I was like dude you did this to yourself like Mm -hmm. this is what you get you actually probably got off on a good deal so like just do this and like do your time and go home
0: this show is not affiliated with any specific 12 step program if you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction please find a local 12 step meeting if you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.